Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, I'm Billy Munger. And hello, I'm Johnny Herbert. And welcome back to Lift the Lid, the podcast that takes you flat out around the world of Formula One. And here we are, Johnny, building up to the Austrian Grand Prix. First of all, I think there's a a little celebration that we have to uh, acknowledge, and that's your birthday, mate. Yes, there is. Sadly, the number keeps going up. But it hasn't reached that to six zero yet. Okay, we just that's just that's, uh, just that's next year. <laughs> next year. Okay. Unfortunately, damn it, my head's still young, so that's actually the good good side of it. Because why am I saying that? I got I was expecting a barrel for my Rotex Rotex. Yes. Yeah. I didn't get my barrel, but I did get some walnuts and some um, some uh, studs for the hubs. Okay. So I was disappointed, which would have been exactly the same if I was 10 years old. Yeah, so that's so still where, luckily... It's disappointed in birthday present. It was disappointed at your birthday present. Yeah, it was uh, It was nice, really good. I enjoyed okay. it. Was it just spent with time with uh, friends and family? What'd you get up to? Yep, family. Uh, yes, well, but my daughter's just come over from New Zealand, came on Friday, Saturday, so Friday. And so they're over with the granddaughter... Uh, but my other daughter came over. We went kayaking for a couple of hours on the River Avon, which was quite nice. Johnny Herbert on a kayak. How did oh, that go? Oh, yes. Oh, I'm, we are like a speedboat. <laughs> <laughs> there are waves coming from the bottom of that uh, kayak, that's for sure. No, but that was lovely. Didn't go overboard? Uh, no, I have a beautiful balance. Beautiful balance. Cause, uh, yeah, well, it's quite wide. For kayak, so that's probably why. <laughs> and then we and then we had a nice sort of birthday lunch. That was it. So it was cool. It was cool. Mega mate, mega. Good to hear. Yeah. So Austria, the red next one rolls ring. on. Eh? Yeah, it feels yeah. good to be obviously going back with another. Uh, yeah, get another race weekend under our belts. But um, what what do you make of Austria as a track? First of all, I mean, it's 
pretty picturesque, I guess you could say, the actual where the circuit's located. And that that's the interesting thing, Billy. When I raced there, I always found it a bit of a pain in the bottom to sort of get to. I always remember my hangtail when I was at Stewart. That's my dog. When I was at Stewart, my hotel was about 45 minutes, an hour away from the circuit. We had to do that every single day. So it was a right sort of bind to get to get to the circuit. And then the circuit itself, although it's not very long, it's actually a great, great challenge. But one thing I forgot when we stopped racing and then we came back uh, a good few years ago was how pretty it is. The area is absolutely it's stunning, isn't it? Stunning. Yes, exactly. So from that point of view, it, uh, it, it is one of those races you can go back and it actually puts a smile on your face. Yeah, 100%. So, so that's good. And they said the circuit's not, it's not long. There's not many corners. But they're tricky little blighters. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> tricky it's, little blighters. It seems more simple than it is from a driver's point of yeah. view, doesn't it? Yeah, actually, it when does. you're behind wheel, you've got the elevation change, you know, under braking yeah. up into turn Off two. cambers. Yeah, yeah. cambers. Multiple times. The last couple of right-handers. Track yeah. limits come into play a lot. It's a real challenge. It's mighty, mighty tight because obviously the lap's not that long. But it is to get that sweet spot, very very hard you have to work very very hard with your engineer to try and achieve the best setup with all those variable corners that we got and off cambers like we just discussed it's awesome i i i love going there i have to say so i miss racing um i'll be jealous i know you're going there i think yes, yeah i'll be out there yes so i'm very jealous um but uh yeah i'll be, I'll be looking forward to to the weekend because i think it's going to be uh a nice tight one, and then hopefully with that, we might we might have a few, surpri- a few surprises coming our way. Yeah, honestly, Austria for me is, I've had the opportunity to drive there myself as well, as you know, go there for the Formula One, and it's one of my favourite circuits. I just love high-speed, fast-flowing cir- circuits, so that middle sector yeah. in particular in Austria, when you come down the into, uh, out of the turn two, the quick right-hander, down into the sort of turn four, it, as it's called, yeah. the kink in the straight, it's off camber then you've got five six those quick left-handers normally when you see people make a mistake there or drop a wheel they have a big one don't they oh, there's a lot they of do. travel runoff but it can be you know can throw a spanner in the works and you can we have seen some some bigger crashes there haven't we we have and again that's the challenge of it and i think that's what i like about it so it, it doesn't matter what formula you're in the challenge is exactly the same and i think that's that's what's lovely about it and then you go outside the gates of the circuit and then there are thousands and thousands of race fans who seem to come from all over Europe um, and thoroughly enjoy the sort of weekend festivities that sort of happen through, throughout the weekend for them as well. So it's really done very nicely for the Grand Prix bubble, but then you, that bubble extends further outside and uh, there's a lot going on outside as well and a lot of fun is being had by those fans. Yeah, there's a big campsite there. I remember, you know, on the drive into the circuit seeing you know the barbecues out left and right of of where you drive in the main entrance of people we are out in the camper vans and i think it's fair to say johnny in austria there's um a small gathering of max verstappen fans that turn up it's there and they may never notice a little bit of noise <laughs> they, they do and there's a lot of orange a lot of orange the sky, the the sky as well. and after the race yeah. finishes it's just orange smoke everywhere honestly yeah. it's I've been to Zandvoort as well and seen Max Verstappen fans there. And Austria gives it a run for its money in terms of the orange smoke, the noise. 
yeah, it, it's a great atmosphere there. It is, it is. And so, so I think everybody actually from, from the teams and drivers thoroughly enjoy going there, which is, which is great. The traffic can be a bit of a, a bit of a sort of a negative side of it, but I think overall it seems to work. They do seem to get everybody in sort of fairly quickly. Uh, then it's a little bit of a, of a fight to try and get to the airport after the race as well. And normally the, the motorway is absolutely jammed. Uh, with cars and everybody else trying to sort of get out of the place, but that sort of adds to it in a weird way. And, I, and as as it used to at Silverstone, I always I always felt one moaned about Silverstone, but actually added to what the whole Grand Prix Makes you weekend was all the about. Scale of it, yeah, doesn't it? yeah, it does exactly that. You know, both of them, Austria and Silverstone, have been able to sort of sort out uh, that system, and it's, it's it flows a lot, lot more. It probably works better at Silverstone, to be perfectly honest, but. I think it just gives the vibe of the whole weekend, and I think that's that's the important thing. And uh, when we actually just think from a you know this weekend Formula One perspective, so I actually get back to yeah. the, the racing itself and what we're going to expect. The, whenever I think of Austria, the first thing that jumps into my mind from a driver's point of view is you mentioned how tight it is in qualifying, slipstreams in Austria. Yeah, I feel like you know that that's always a case. I remember Max Verstappen when he was teammates with Daniel Ricciardo a few years back on the radio they were having some arguments because they were max was getting both laps slipstreaming daniel and daniel wasn't happy about it so it's always on the sort of tip of our tongues when we go to austria because it's got so little amount of corners and they've got a lot of long straight slipstream and getting good toe around that circuit can make a big difference can't it yeah and again i think that sort of adds to the whole sort of strategy of of the weekend and it's drivers trying to sort of get themselves in the right position to able to enable themselves to get that sort of advantage in slipstream, instead of the teams to be able to do that, you're if you're the car in front, you're trying to get the gap big enough that you can't give that slipstream to the to the car behind. But then also, Billy, I think a lovely thing as well, if you've got a slick car, remember that Williams a good few yeah. years ago with Felipe Massa, Valtteri Bottas, it, you know, it was so slippery down those straights. That hasn't changed for Williams their car they got this no, either. That's the thing. That's that's going to be really interesting. That could be the surprise maybe I was talking about. And it'd be lovely to see that. And then that's, it's not just Williams, it's other cars. If they if they have a slightly better slickness, then they've got a, be- a better chance there. But you're right. It's it's one of those where slickness and slipstream, it can, it can benefit you big time. But then equally... That middle sector requires a lot of downforce on the car, doesn't it? Because it's a lot of medium to high speed corners. So you need to be able to be confident to attack the entries on that middle part of the lap. And particularly as well, the last couple of corners. That's last couple of corners. We mentioned yeah. track limits through those couple of quick right handers. You always see the cars coming out, bouncing over the curbs, just trying to keep it inside the track limits. Yeah, I mean, when even when I raced there, I lost my lap in qualifying from dropping half a wheel over the white line for in that exact same place. Sure. So it could catch you out. We're talking fine margins from you know making it work or yeah. your lap time yeah but that's what's good billy as i said it's like turn one and going down towards sort of turn turn three uh, as they call it sort of the, the tight right hand of course the car is pretty sort of light in many respects but you've caught you've then got to compromise it because of that downforce as you said you need in that middle sector but that's what was fun about it. i always remember the start you were probably the same the start of that lap that turn one if you got it wrong, it was almost like you'd ruined the whole lap. The whole lap at that point. Yeah, but it, it's one of those things. Oh, yeah, well, that happens. You know, at any circuit, you go through you know, lap one and you make a mistake. But it's so easy to make a mistake at turn one and even breaking yeah. for, for turn three. That's where it's really, really 
difficult compared to other circuits. You go to the civil server, for example. You go through turn one. Yeah, don't really make a mistake really going through turn one and then probably going into turn three uh, as well. It's very unlikely you're going to make a big mistake. But just the way it works uh, in the in the Red Bull ring, it just gives it that, that much more difficulty for the drivers and engineers. But that's the whole point. It's not never good. It should never be simple. And I think turn one and turn three are definitely the start of a very difficult lapping total. But that's the lovely thing. And then that enjoyment, like you were saying about in the middle sector, and it's enjoyable as well, isn't it? Yeah. You know, I know it's, I know you go through turn six and it sort of drops away. It's a bit off camber. Like you said, you go on the curve, the gravel's on the right hand side. You know, you've got to really be perfectly in harmony with the car to be able to sort of push it right to the to the very very edge it's a real rhythm track isn't it it's a yeah you know the drivers will really try and build a rhythm around that place throughout the weekend you know it's not the sort of track where you can go out lap one and just throw it all on the line and practice you know you need to give your time yourself confidence to and and a bit of time to build that sort of you know understanding of what the car's got going on underneath you because you are on the limit you are you know really they're long apex corners one after another that middle sector so you're putting a lot of load through the tyres everything like that so you need to be really confident and switched on with what you've got underneath you and also I yeah. when I first turned up there to Austria yeah. you know you, you walk the circuits you, at that point you're realising how big and steep the hills are how much the elevation change is on the way up to turn 3 for example that tight right hander yeah sometimes the TV cameras doesn't they don't do it justice do they of actually the pure elevation change how uphill it is into braking zone i remember braking there my first ever lap around the circuit and going wow that stopped so quick because you were going into an uphill braking zone the car just stops on its nose up there so you can really push the the braking up into turn three yeah and and that's what's so good about it because when you first go there you're right i remember when we first went there many many years ago but it was the same the same feeling so it's it's something that surprises you in one one respect because of that extra sort of pushing itself into the ground because there's that sort of uphill section um and then the rest of it sort of comes into play you talk about flow it's one of those tracks where you always hear about drivers don't you sort of i'm gonna push a little bit more just to get a little bit after i've lost that coming out to one or three or five or whatever it may be i push a little bit more but this place you push a little bit more and it generally bites you (laughs) it doesn't allow push and that goes back to what you initially said it's a rhythmic track you've got to have a flow yeah. you can't just sort of go well i go into turn seven and i'll throw it in under brake it or get aggressive on the steering wheel no it doesn't do that because it would just say uh no off the track you go yeah <laughs> that's yeah. what's great about it trip, trip through the gravel if yeah. you, you start to too hard around this place so what about this weekend mm. in terms of you know the teams we've got you know at the sharp end obviously it's it's Red Bull Ring, it's Austria, you know, Red Bull's home race. Uh, they're going to be hard to beat this weekend, aren't they? Because not only have they got a car that seems to dominate every track we go to, I mean, they've won every Grand Prix between Max and, and Checo. Have they? have they? Every Grand Prix, yeah. Damn it, damn it. Um, <laughs> but, but they're quick in a straight line. Yeah. They, they go well at this place. It, it's, for me, it's all lined up for them to, to, to be right up the sharp end this weekend. Yeah. I was talking about surprise, wasn't I? Damn it. They yeah. could in a straight line. Damn it. But I don't know. We, we you know, we've seen a stronger, stronger Mercedes, Ferrari, uh, your, uh, your normal day to day road car company <laughs> that is going to come your way very soon, I'm sure. We hope they sort of have a better 
weekend. You know, historically, Ferrari haven't been bad uh, when we talk about Austria. So let's hope that sort of comes into play. Yeah, Charles had a little purple yeah. patch there, didn't he? Yes. Him and Max had a little bit That's of right. wonderful action. Yeah. yeah, so hopefully it will suit Charles and Carlos and hopefully that will sort of give him a bit of chance and maybe that flowy type of track, maybe that's a, a track where that Ferrari might be a little bit more happier um, in that in that scenario. Then we've got to throw the Aston Martin uh, into it as well because, you know, they're very hungry and Fernando especially, uh, Lance will have to wait and see what he can do. But, you know, Fernando's very, very, very hungry to keep this momentum going after that one bad weekend at his home Grand Prix. Uh, and then he bounces back and brilliantly so. So, th- so there are opportunities here in the qualify for for, for for sure. It's probably a little bit more difficult, but there are opportunities. But then we've seen so many times, haven't we, where strategy can really change the race as well with safety cars it's a short or whatever. Lap, it's isn't a short it? lap. Yeah. It's so it's got a lot of sort of difficulties for everybody to deal with on a in a race situation. And we've seen that you know where Lando, you know, you know, was very close to sort of winning. Winning the race in that McLaren, but um, yeah, he did a, there he well there a couple of years ago, podium. Yeah, and those chances are there for those those people. The, the Williams, as we said, on a on a on a on a on a track that is you know very important to have a slick car. Maybe they're going to come, you know, into the fold as well. Maybe they're going to have a chance. Yeah, that'd be lovely to see. Have a chance of getting on the on the podium. Who knows? That would be lovely to see because they're consistently getting themselves in that sort of top ten. Uh, after qualifying and then you never know what's going to happen and then historically like we said they've been very good there as well in a slick car as well what about the Mercedes Johnny you mentioned it briefly there yeah. that, you know this used to be a circuit that they'd go well at um, like particularly when it was Lewis and uh, Nico Rosberg yeah. they had a few years where they were really really quick around uh, Austria but obviously at the minute it seems like you know maybe straight line performance is an area where their car is lacking a bit. It seems to be a little bit draggy, um, the car they've got this year. Yeah. Obviously, their new upgrades have helped them, you know, jump up the pecking order a bit. You know, Lewis, you know, was second behind Max for a long time in Canada before, you know, eventually finishing third, losing out to Fernando at, towards the back end of the Grand Prix. But yeah. he was still there in a much better place. But do you think this circuit is going to allow them to continue that trajectory of being right up there? Well, let's hope so. Now, if I look at Canada... And obviously the performance wasn't too bad there. Now, if we look at those, they're slower corners, obviously, but those chicanes that you have in Canada, they're quite sort of long radius exits, let's say. Long, long, yeah. Probably long radius-ish entry term, term one. It's a long yeah. radius corner. Then you go through the chicanes, it's quite a long radius exit. Same when you go through sort of five, six, seven. Those long radius corners are something that you have a lot of in Austria. Is that something that might benefit them? That's there's, there's a chance it might. I know they're, they're different in speed, but normally when a car is sort of quite good on long radius corners, it's normally good on sort of slower or, or medium or maybe those fast corners as well. So there's a, there's a chance that it might be able to come alive from that perspective. It does feel like Mercedes, like you say, do favour medium to higher speed corners. When I think of the Mercedes in Monaco... Obviously, with the same yeah. upgrade package that they've been using the last couple of races, it, it wasn't was the same a old, same strong old. No. weekend. Yeah. Um, yeah, they kind of didn't really see any benefit to those upgrades in the slow speed corners no. that you have in Monaco. But that's all stop and start, isn't it, maybe? Maybe the stop yeah, and start all, doesn't help them. Yeah, so it does seem like the sort of place that maybe, like you say, that middle sector, they could be, mm. you know, with and an around Red Bull 
in that part of the lap. It's just maybe that, like you say, if the slipperiness of other cars can can outweigh that advantage that the likes of someone like a Mercedes might have in that middle sector. Yeah, I, I agree with it. It's like turn one because it's a long radius right hander, and you can have a car that works in that particular corner. But then if you've got a draggy car, it doesn't matter what yeah. you do through the corner because you're just going to lose against everybody else anyway. So yeah, that's going to be interesting to see what they're able to come up with that at least gives them sort of that flowy grip that they need but also they've got to have a car that is released down the straight now they they're able to sort of deal with that we're gonna to have to have to wait and see but there are there are opportunities for i think anyway for mercedes maybe to show sort of you know i'll continue the pace that we've seen of recent races but a lot and what about george russell because obviously we've been mentioning you know lewis yeah there. he's been on a good streak races but george had a an eventful race in Canada, to say the least, didn't oh, yeah. he? I mean, you know, it started off fairly strongly, you know, just behind uh, Lewis and Fernando at the start of the race and was on the back of that yeah. train, but then put it in the wall, went back to pretty much last, then came back up to eighth, looking at the back of Alex Albon for seventh, yeah. and then had to retire the car. So, you know, it was his mistake in the end that yes, cost him, cost you it. know, getting decent points on the board. How do you think someone like George, you know, from a character point of view, do you think, I, I, I personally feel like he's going to be someone who can bounce yes. back pretty easily. I, I don't expect it to be weighing on his shoulders, that mistake, because, you know, it, it hasn't done that no. for him in the past. He's always been able to bounce back. But equally, what yeah, what do you think it's going to be like? I'm a bit like you. I think it doesn't seem to bother him uh, when he has a bit of a difficult sort of weekend. He's always there to be able to then bounce back. And now we've discussed this through all our Lift the Lip podcasts that we've done. Or many of them is where you have the greats of the sport have that 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 ability to be able to have a bad weekend, but then bounce back or have a bad qualifying and then bounce back in the in the race as we saw in Max in Miami, for example. So the the greats of the sport have always done that. Is he a great of the sport? No, not yet. Absolutely not, because you know he hasn't sort of achieved what those greats are able to achieve. But has he got the sort of the the correct mindset to be able to? Uh, to get the best out of himself even after a difficult weekend. Yeah, yes, I think he can. And I think that's the strength that we've got with George. It's interesting that with the upgrades, it's sort of benefited Lewis a little bit more so far from what, we're, from what we've that's been seeing. It does yeah. seem that way. Um, but I still feel, and as you know, you, we can adapt. We adapt to things. If they're not quite what we want, there are ways around it. It just sometimes takes a little bit of time for that for that to happen. And Austria, I think, is one of those tracks because of, I think, because of the skill set that he has. He has that wonderful ability when he's when he's on song to clip the apexes perfectly throughout a lap. Now, you do that in Austria, and there's a lot of benefit uh, for, for him doing that. You're not going to be a million miles away, You're not going to be a million miles you? away, no, exactly. You hit your apexes, yes. you keep it simple, yeah. you're going to be there or thereabouts, aren't yeah. you? Yeah, so, so I'm actually... I'm. I'm probably thinking he's going to have a good, a good weekend. It's it's not going to be simple, but I think there is a chance that George will be able to bounce back and maybe sort of, you know, challenge Lewis like he like he has done for for many a racing before the upgrade. But uh, yeah, I think I think he'll have a strong a strong stronger weekend. This needs to be a, a smooth one, doesn't it? Just just doesn't need it to, doesn't need to be a smooth mistake. weekend. You don't win any mistake. You don't want any little gremlins to sort of raise raise their ugly heads at the wrong moment it's just one a nice smooth weekend i've got a quick question for you off the back of something you just said there as well you were talking about george and you said that 
yet. He's not one of the greats yet. But someone who's now level on race wins with one of the greats of the sport is Max Verstappen, obviously. Yes. You know, last time out in Canada, he's now equal with Ayrton Senna on race wins. Yeah. And Christian Horner came out and said, yeah, he is one of the greats of the sport now. He openly sort of came out and said that that's the situation Max Verstappen finds himself in. Do you think this weekend is the weekend where Max Verstappen will move ahead of Ayrton Senna in, in terms of race victories? Is it nailed on? Probably. <laughs> But, Probably. but I don't think it's a, it's a given. I, th- I think the nice thing about Max, he doesn't go into a weekend thinking it's a given. I think he goes into it thinking, I've just got to do my job. I've just got to be as quick as I possibly can. It's, it's just a machine, it's just isn't a machi- it? It's down to the others to actually beat me. It's not down to me to sort of go into it, maybe sort of, you know, thinking, oh, they're going to be a bit stronger. Oh, we're going to be a bit under pressure. It's not like that. That's just not his way. I know they've got the advantage. It generally feels like, I don't know about you, Johnny, it generally feels like whenever Max Verstappen goes into a Grand Prix weekend at the minute, he goes there, just does his usual thing, and for someone to beat him, they've got to have, like, a miracle performance, so they've just got to be on a different planet for that weekend. That's the level that he naturally sits at at the minute, isn't it? Yeah, but I think all those... Wow's wow drivers that we've seen over over the years have that ability to sort of I don't know keep themselves at such a high level and then the positivity is always there then it becomes actually quite easy for them to sort of achieve it every single time they get in the car now there will always be a slight sort of uh point possibly in a season that other 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 cars will actually get more competitive and will actually start to challenge them a lot lot more. He I and again I don't think he goes into it thinking this weekend is going to be that a tougher one. Because actually I think the tough the tough side of things actually motivates him more in many respects. Yeah. And that goes back to the greats. That's what the greats do. They they thoroughly enjoy the challenge. Doesn't matter if it's Formula One tennis like the Federer's Nadal's Djokovic's of the world or Tiger Woods of the world in golf or everything else they have this unbelievable ability to be able to sort of deep deep and then enjoy that challenge of being under threat and then generally they always seem to still come out on top so is he beatable yes of course he is beatable but he's gonna is 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 a very he's going to be a very difficult one to beat that's for sure but we have the likes of Fernando, we have the likes of Lewis, we have the likes of someone like George coming through that I think can challenge, challenge him. But of course, all the ingredients have got to be there for them, for them to be able to, to achieve that. He's got all the ingredients that he needs. But there is always, I think, a point in the season sometimes that, that people are able to get closer. People have got closer, I, I, I think, this season, but they're still not close enough. Yeah, not close enough quite yet. We're going to take a a quick short break and afterwards we'll be talking about some new investment that's come into one of the teams in Formula One. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. 
That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to the podcast, guys. I uh, hope you've been enjoying it so far. So, Johnny, we've, uh, we've got a bit of news that just has just come out and it's surrounding Alpine as a team. Do you want to explain what's going on over there? Well, it seems to be there's a nice bit of uh, investment uh, being involved with the team. There's a little bit of Hollywood linked to it as well, which is Ryan Reynolds. Is indeed. Ryan Reynolds is yeah. involved with uh, with that as well. And this, you know, this 200 million is going to be very interesting. I think 24% percent of the team yeah. uh, that, that has been sold at US based investor group. I mean, it values the yeah. Alpine Formula One team at, you know, close to 900 million interested um, uh, euros. So, you know, that's a, it, it kind of is quite an interesting situation because sometimes you think about Formula One teams and you don't really think what a Formula One team is worth. But actually, now you're seeing an investment into to Alpine and it puts a, you know, a price tag on a team like Alpine. It does make you think that. Wow, there's a lot of money in Formula One, and these teams that have been established for years—they're worth a hell of a lot of money, aren't they? Yeah, but again, you know, the investment group—it seems to be Otro Capital, uh, Red Bull, Redbird Capital Partners, and Maximum Effort uh, Investments, and yeah, it's it's a big deal. I think they seem to be part of uh, the Boston Red Sox as well. Some of the some of that group. I think Liverpool football team as well. Obviously, uh, Ryan Reynolds is, uh, yeah. you know, the owner of Wrexham Football Club, which is, uh, we've seen what someone like Ryan Reynolds has done for a Wrexham in terms of, you know, documentaries on the team, sure. really building up the audience and getting the fans involved. So it does make me think seeing someone like Ryan Reynolds taking a, showing a bit of interest in the world of Formula One and investing in a team like Alpine of, you know, are we going to see a documentary behind the scenes on a t- just on Alpine? We've seen obviously Drive to Survive, which has covered the sport in general. Well, this but is the are good we going to yeah. see some yeah new Hollywood kind of influence into Formula One? Well, it, it's brilliant. We got that. We got that with Brad Pitt anyway. And I know Lewis is sort of you know yeah. partly involved with that. You've already mentioned about the way that the investment that's gone into other football clubs has been very very influential on that on that club. Brian Reynolds, as we said. Um, but then also with this bubble that we're breathing in all this positivity, you know, around the globe and especially in, in the United States. So it's fantastic for Formula One. I think it's an important thing to have uh, a team like um, Alpine that have this sort of extra cash that will hopefully sort of elevate them into into a, a better situation in the coming years because who's that good for well yeah it's good for the team yes it's good for the investors but fundamentally it's good for us as well because we're hopefully going to have another team we've seen that with Stroll with Aston Martin and how things can change and it's been changing in quite a quick way with Aston Martin now this may be a chance for Alpine to you know up the game up the ante and sort of put the pressure on the other teams that's exactly what we want to see we want to we want to see every team challenging each other and hope and not have it just as well every every race. Uh, I think you mentioned. I think you mentioned it at the beginning of this podcast that Red Bull every race. That's the one. Yeah, that's the one. Uh, we don't want that. 
is clever, no, fantastic, but fundamentally, no, we want to see everybody challenge in a different way at different tracks that we're going to. Um, and this is a good sign of another team getting involved. So instead of it being the top three that we had and the top four we got at the moment, we may have a top five as well. Yeah. So it's good. It's a positive thing. Yeah, it's good Good times. Good to see Alpine, you know, a team that's, you know, maybe not, you know, reached the heights that they no. were hoping to, you know, when they came back into the sport. I'm sure they were hoping to be challenging for world championship titles sooner than they currently are. So that new investment might be the difference maker. Like you say, Johnny, it might be that little bit of investment can jump them up the pecking order and give us two more drivers in Pierre Gasly and Espan Ocon as it currently stands, you know, to fight for race victories on a consistent basis. That would be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would be. Yeah, we've seen it in lower formats. We, we had a little chat, didn't we, when we went to Carling. And it's the same mm -hmm. thing. The investment is so important for them. But when they get that investment, they're able to, one thing, they've always been very good at Carling, but of, of, of creating the, the new drivers of the future, but they've always created a very, very strong team that's enabled them to win races to, to enable them their careers to get stronger and stronger. And then with that investment, they've been able to keep themselves right at the, the sharp end of the, of the grid. And this is exactly the same thing for, for Alpine, been having that ability to have a little bit more comfort uh, and then that just only gives them a better chance and a better shot at trying to produce a better a better performing car, which only benefits the team, but also the drivers as well. And fundamentally, as I said before, us. Yeah, exactly. As a fan. Right, Johnny, I think that's kind of everything in terms of, you know, the world of Formula One and our thoughts going on into Austria. Yeah. The final thing to do, and I hope you've got a pen and a paper this I'm week so you one. can write the predictions down yeah because it is prediction time for this weekend's austrian grand prix yeah. and we don't want a situation like we had last time where you forget your top three no right there you go right i've got mine got mine now right okay got it down i've got it you got okay. yours you got yours i don't need a pen and paper mate i remember three drivers names in an order you didn't last time there and i remember mine just not yours I think, no it took you a bit it took me a couple of times to get <laughs> <laughs> right you go first because my pens i haven't got my pen working yet okay i'm gonna go first um, I feel like that might be no. a mistake on your part. Let me go first here because I'm going for a Red Bull 1 2. I'm going Max Verstappen, Sergio Perez, and I am sticking uh, George Russell third. Oh, okay. Right. Okay. Right. Mm. Well, I'm going to go uh, Max. Yeah, you have me going there. George there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah I'm going to go Max. Then I'm going to actually, I'm going to go George. Second. Yeah. Okay. No Checo? Nope. Who's third then? Don't say Alex Albon. <laughs> no, not on this occasion. It would be not, great, but equally... Not on this occasion. Come on, mate. <laughs> no, it starts with H. Hamilton. You got it. So, little Mercedes two and three. Okay. Yeah. What's happening to Checo, in your opinion, then? I know he's had a bad couple of races. This just goes back, and it's sometimes horrible to say. I know I got a little bit of abuse when I was a little bit ne negative against Checo a couple of podcasts back. It's, it's Again, we've discussed it many a time, where it's just the ability to be able to get the best out of the car every single, every single time you're in the car. When you've got the best car, you're up against the best driver. It's how you battle through that negativity that comes comes your way through sometimes no fault of your own but sometimes when you do make errors and we have seen it on both sides for Checo we haven't seen it we max probably anywhere near as much 
But his bounce back, and I go back to Miami, is your prime example of a situation where the bounce back from Max was fantastic. But the ability for Checo in that, on that occasion to go, right, this is mine. I've got to take this and I've got to win this. And he didn't. And he couldn't. And he couldn't stop Max. And I think that's just where mentally it becomes very draining. And then it becomes that much more difficult. And then the results get a little bit, they go a little bit up and down. And unfortunately, they've gone a bit more downwards rather than sort of upwards. It's an opportunity, yes, for him to have a, a better weekend, of course. But there are more teams getting involved with that fight for sort of, you know, those podium, final podium positions, aren't there? Not just a guarantee that it's Red Bull 1-2. It's not. It's guaranteed more or less there's going to be one. Yeah, but those second and third are pretty available for any of those other teams. And we've yeah, seen I that. just think Red Bull's car is going to be give them some sort of advantage this weekend. Where we, you know, normally we're it talking, will. you know, a tightly bunched situation. But I just think Red Bull straight line speed. I agree, I agree with you. Rear. But it's not just about that. The car. Yeah, there's more it's, to it than having more, the best car. There's more to it. Yeah, and we're. Yeah, we we were talking a couple of races ago about a bounce back. Sergio needed a bounce back to sort of get his championship at that point anyway, back on track. And it didn't happen. And it still hasn't sort of happened. The championship is sort of gone effectively. But and I'm he's in his head, I'm sure he doesn't think that. He still yeah. thinks that if he gets a bit of luck, you know, Max might have some bad luck and then it completely changes the whole yeah. dynamic. But it hasn't it hasn't happened for him. And that even with the car that's dominant, like I said before. It's it's not a guarantee for Sergio, unfortunately, and we've seen that with so many of the the best drivers we've ever seen on the planet driving a Formula One car and getting you know un, you know unbelievable speed out of the car. That's what you're up against. You're up against these abnormal humans that just have this ability to do it every single time. So that's why I've gone for for the Mercs for those final. Positions. It's going to be uh, an interesting run either way. Cheers for that, Johnny. Uh, always good to chat always. to you, mate. Uh, I'll let you know how your predictions go if you forget, because I feel like I'm definitely going to remember yours now this week, just to yeah. be safe. I'm going to stick them on my computer. There, are you? Ready? Don't lose. Ready them. to go. There you go. I'll be I'll be waiting for a picture to come through on my phone after the race as you've nailed it of your little <laughs> predictions, little tick next to all three. <laughs> little smug face from you holding it up next to yourself little selfie yeah. and by the way i think you may have just blown your uh ferrari might have blown the ferrari you didn't think about that did you no i didn't can i change no. my no too late okay. i'd like to i'd like to say yes <laughs> you'd like to say yeah <laughs> think of blowing it uh no, you haven't. No. Oh, well. We're, we're, we we're, we're, we're bring it back. We're bring it, we're Do you know what it, it is, Johnny? It's a bit of reverse psychology. Cause normally, I stick them in the top three and something it, something doesn't go right. So I'm thinking I'm going to completely, you know, neglect Ferrari this weekend. And if they get a one-two, then I'll be their good luck charm by saying that they won't be in the top three. Did I spin that all right? I'm very happy with your spin there. Nice, very happy nice, nice. Well done. Been fun, Billy. Yeah, well, thanks uh, to everyone who's been listening to the podcast. Uh, we really enjoyed making them. So we will tune back in with you guys post-Austria. Uh, but for now, it's goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. Take care. This has been a Soapbox London and SBX Studios production. Our executive producers were Rowan Wilkinson and Andy Bell. Andy Bell.